what will happen if I put two of my guests that have never appeared on my show at the same time, likely for good reason, into one room with me to discuss the headlines of this week, the headlines that are meant to divide. Can they keep it civil or can they meet the vision and the mission of this show to try to get through the slant of the left and right and get to the truth of the conversation? Well, I'm looking forward to it and I hope that you are too. So sit back, grab yourself a cup of coffee or whatever it is that you're into. You're listening to America Emboldened with Greg Bolden on the America Out Loud Network. America Emboldened. Greg, I feel emboldened. You don't know the founding fathers. You don't know what they did. You don't know what they sacrificed. We have lost touch with the principles in the Constitution. Nobody's read the Declaration of Independence. You are voting for socialism, and you got what you voted for. Welcome, bold Americans, to another episode of America Emboldened with Greg Bolden. Today, I have two special guests for my listeners here on the America Out Loud Network. You've heard them separately on my show, but you've never heard them under the same roof. And we brought the family of America Emboldened together to quarrel, to fight, to hug, and to have a good time. We brought Lefty Lehman, everybody's maybe their favorite liberal, uh, ultra-liberal, And we also brought my good friend, Chris Michaels, everybody's favorite lovable fuzzball from the Last Call podcast with Chris Michaels. And he's known as being a lot more conservative than even I am. And so between the two of us, uh, we will find, and, and now he's he's grimacing. He's grimacing, ladies and gentlemen. Maybe, maybe he doesn't consider himself more conservative than me. Um, but we wanted to attack some of the topics today and hear what a conservative voice that's critically thinking may think, as well as what a left-leaning voice, which some people would say is not critical thinking, but I think it is. We'll see what Lefty Lehman has to say about things today. And so the topics that we're going to cover, gentlemen, we discussed ahead of time to make sure that we're kind of all on the same page. And uh, before we kind of get started, I just want to say hello to both of you. How are you both doing today? Chris uh, Michaels, why don't you go first, and then we'll get to Lehman. That way we're not talking over one another. Oh, man, everything is great. This is way earlier than what I'm used to, because this is this is coffee talk. We're coffee clutching today. It's fantastic. Yeah, literally have grabbed ourselves a cup of coffee or whatever we're into. I, I know. know. Recording this one in the morning. Layman, how about you? How are you doing? You awake? I'm ready. Let's do it. You're on. Uh, I'm so excited. Everybody's got a coffee mug. You know, we got we to gotta get the matching ones. You know, like on SNL, you get the jacket after you're on the show five times. <laughs> We need the, the 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 coffee cup version of that. You know, I have a, I have America emboldened coffee mugs, and I will send both of you gentlemen one for being my <laughs> recurring guest. So I owe you an American emboldened coffee mug. And if my fans would like to go buy one, you can get one right off my website, americanembolden.com. Shameless plug. All right, let's get started, everybody. Now, Lefty Layman and I, as well as Chris Michaels, we both discussed what's going on with Ron DeSantis down in Florida, the book banning. We've talked about teachers that could be arrested based upon their books, uh, and that kind of leads into the trans conversation as well. So I wanted to start off here with both of you today. Should any type of book banning ever be allowed in a school? And uh, we'll uh, flip a coin real quick and we'll see who goes first. Uh, Layman, call heads or tails? I'll go with heads. Heads it is. All right, let's see. And we got tails. Uh, All right. Chris Michaels, you're up first. Okay, so the question is about book banning in schools, right? So let's take a quick look at what they're exactly trying to get out of schools. There's a book called This Book is Gay, and it's one of many books that they've been putting into all of these elementary schools and middle schools and high schools. And it teaches people, uh, especially minors, about genitalia and what to do with it and the erotic zones and how you can pleasure yourself and your friends after school with said genitalia. And then it also goes into what you prefer to be your pronouns and all of that stuff. Now, let me ask you this question. This book is probably not appropriate. In my opinion, it's not appropriate to be in a school. Simple analogy. Let me buy this kind of book and go into the day job in an office 
and just leave it on the table. And if anybody gets upset with how to, uh, when they're looking at this book on how to perform oral fellatio, then you are a fascist and you're trying to ban books and you are bigoted against me because this is perfectly accepting. Everybody, I don't know if everybody I work with knows how to perform oral sex or something like that. So this book is just helping people explore their gender. This has nothing to do with fascism. This is about helping everybody. So this kind of book is probably not appropriate for kids because if you can't put it in the workplace, then why can we put it with school children? Lefty Lehman, your response and whatever you'd like to say. Well, I'm sad you had a workplace. It's so homophobic. That's weird to me. Uh, but, it's got nothing to do with homophobia. <laughs> oh, it doesn't. Sounds like it does. Um, but we're not only talking about like a nonfiction, uh, you know, award-winning book about uh, homosexuality. We're not talking about. We're also talking about the Bluest Eye by Toni Morrison. We're talking about, um, uh, you know, Tango and Three, Tango and Me make three. You know, it, it, we're we're talking about stuff that is nothing. Nowhere near it. Basically, it's just an agenda that they're pulling stuff that they don't like. They're trying to pull out of schools just because they don't like it, not because it has any kind of um, influence on the kids. You know, they just don't like they don't want that agenda. And that's just that's weird. Like, I think it was a week ago, maybe a little bit less. uh, Some of the authors got together uh, over at Penguin and then now they're suing. I don't understand how. DeSantis, who is supposedly the Republican, uh, who has these Republican values, who, you know, business first and, we, you know, we business should stay out of our I mean, government should stay out of our lives. Look what he's doing with Disney. Look what he's doing with the book banning. It sounds like government's getting all up in our lives. That's just my thoughts. But wait a minute. Wait a minute. You're telling me this book doesn't influence kids? <laughs> what are you talking about? Do you know the rates? of how many people now in what what generation are we in? We had X, Y, no, we had X, Z, and no, X millennials. Now we're in generation Z, right? And, and so the newest, the newest one is going to be generation alpha. It's already been deemed. Alpha? Okay. Alpha, so, yep. Oh, oh well, well, that's not fair. That's That sounds cool. <laughs> <laughs> Until you realize that's because it's based upon computers and AI. And that's the oh, alpha perfect. phase. So, perfect. Yeah, it's great. Fantastic. So, so the uh, rate... The rate of people identifying as the, you know, the LGBTQ whatever alphabet uh, moniker has, is now upwards of 20 percent of oh, all no. people, 25 percent. Oh There's nothing so wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. But to like say say that this kind of, it's a, no, I'm using that as an example of what influences are impacting these people during school. And to tell me that school is not impacting those decisions to, to say that we're lesbian, gay or whatever is is a false is absolutely false of course that stuff is influencing their behavior and what their points of view are and then let me ask you this question so are you against banning books from mark twain or uh atticus finch with to mock a killing bird oh are you against yeah to kill a mockingbird but yes so for that is the that's the flip side of the coin because I'm coming out of uh, L.A. and in, in Burbank they did that same kind of deal where they were pulling um, the to kill a mockingbird specifically uh, out of out of the, the classrooms or they were pulling it out of the classrooms. What they were doing was saying that, that we're not going to teach it anymore, which is just as bad um, because it, that's just doing it from a, uh, the other side. My point is that. All books should be available. Everything should be available for the kids to to get their hands on and read and see what you know, see what it interests them. You know how the, how the world works. Maybe something from a perspective that's a little bit different than their own. I see no damage in that. Okay, would you treat or would you be against a policy that is put into place in schools that treats schools like workplaces? In other words, you have to be as PC in schools as you are in the workplace. Uh, Meaning I can't I can't march around in, you know, in, in nip, nipple pasties and a thong just because I feel as though that's who I really am. I have to have I some mean, I don't kind know of what, decorum what, 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 in the workplace. What fun <laughs> schools are you going to that people are marching around with uh, pasties on? I wish I went to those schools. I would have, that would have made it, I had to wear a uh, uniform every day. 
there was a teacher just a few months back that identified as a woman and started wearing these gigantic like size double G <laughs> breast in his automotive or engineering workshop. That was yeah. a true story. Yeah. So and the outfits were a little bit mm, skimpy. And so maybe there are some workplaces, even though I, I still I hate when whether it's abortion or anything, we go to that like zero point zero one percent of cases. But still, I'm just making the point that, yes, yeah, some workplaces, people might push the boundaries. Continue on. Yeah, I mean, I I, I don't think that the. I guess the, the, I, don't, I don't follow the analogy because um, I well, basically what you're saying is, uh, do you want schools to be just you know nice places and kind places where where kids can go and learn? Yes, I do. I mean, if that's what the, and that's what a workplace should be too. Right. So if that's the case, then why are we allowing, or why are these school boards allowing these books on how to perform oral sex? Um, and it's not just this book is gay because there are, are other books. That's just the most blatant example. There are other books that are in these schools that teach this kind of stuff. And it doesn't necessarily have to mean that, that the book is gay. I mean, it's for everybody. So why is that OK? Why is it OK to have BLM flags, uh, pride flags? Why is it OK for teachers to march around, especially those that have tenure? Because uh, Project Veritas came out with a story actually uh, involving a school district that's not far from me, where they particularly focus on those teachers with tenure to push the BLM and push the pride flags and pride movement because they know that those teachers with tenure can't get fired or it's very difficult to let them go. So why is that okay? Like, what, why what, can't it just be for learning? When I was what, growing up, my health class, how, is that, how is that not learning? Why is that not okay for you? Why, does, why do we have to have pride flags and BLM flags? Is it okay to have the stars and bars hanging from all the classrooms? Because that's what the teacher believes, especially if that person is well, on you, I mean, you're, ta you're talking <laughs> about two, two things that are, are about, uh, you know, helping... Uh, communities that have uh, communities and groups of people who, you know, are, are marginalized and on a lot of society. I don't like I, I don't. It, that's a lot different than putting up a, a flag that is about, uh, you know, going back to, to what slavery, like pushing the slavery, pushing the other side of things. I think that there's a two separate issues, but they're marking it as uh, freedom of speech. This is my freedom of speech. I need to tell people about my marginalized past. And I feel as though I'm marginalized. So I'm going to put up pride flags and BLM flags right. and so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, well, you can make an argument that people in the South, even though they lost the war, they feel marginalized because no one respects them and all their statues have been torn down. So in order for me to be represented in my classroom, I have to put up the stars and bars and a, <laughs> a picture of Lee. You know? <laughs> it's just like, nonsense. My I, feel point like, is, I feel like you're making it, you're stretching this pretty thin. But my point is this. Yes. What's just your point? Teach math. Just teach English. When I was in school, you know, when I learned about genitalia, seventh or eighth grade health class, and it was extremely professional. It this sounds is what very happens. traumatic. <laughs> this is what happens. Because <laughs> <laughs> no. you can't, you, you're really hung up on on, on people, you know, like like learn no. about how sex works. And I, I, I guess I don't. I, I just what, want them the... to learn about sex like everyone else did in the back of a car. Or in the basement. That's it. <laughs> well, that's, uh, that sounds super safe, and that's definitely what we should do. Is just you know, you, you know what? Why do we even have driving classes? They we just throw behind the wheel and see what happens. It'll be good. They're, they're figuring out eventually. <laughs> now you're getting it. Yeah. Oh my. Oh my. So 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 Lefty Lehman and I have had this conversation before, and what it came down to for both of us was I felt that there's no need to sexualize young children, and we were trying to come up with an age where these type of resources, these type of books would be acceptable, and uh, I wasn't able to really come up with on some of these books uh, a, a generalized date, but around seventh grade high school, depending on the content, was something that I thought was a little bit more appropriate. But I believe, Layman, you were still pretty much hardline stance that some of these books should be available um, the entire time. Yeah. Uh, so should there be the ability, and I think uh, Chris Michaels brought up a good point, in the workplace, 
in a PC culture, right? You sexually harass somebody or you make a comment that somebody finds crude or crass, you could lose your job. Uh, you bring pornography to a job uh, or something that somebody could deem as pornography, you're likely going to lose your job. Um, and so there are people that are saying that some of these resources and some of these books are crossing that line. At what age should there be the, the ability to read whatever you want to read, uh, to have whatever you want? Um, is there still a standard that used to be 18 years of age, right? That was kind of like the standard that people would go with. I think uh, it's should, a false we, should we have one? Yeah, I was gonna say, I, I think it's a false narrative to like whenever they don't like something, it all of a sudden it's pornography. I mean, I don't know if you saw that story a couple, um, so like a month or so ago about the there was a, a class that was learning about the statue of David and the statue of David now is pornography because they don't they don't like uh the the genitalia that's on the far right. Um, so I don't think it's fair to label the books that we're talking about pornography, they're not. That's not that's not what we're talking about. It's not the same thing. And yes, I think that books should be available in the you know in the library in the classroom from any age that a kid wants to pick up a book. I don't know why we would ever want a kid not to pick up a book, unless it's like conscience of a conservative. Then then definitely pull that away. So here's the false narrative. Nobody's talking about banning books. They're just talking about having appropriate books in a classroom with children. So you can go out to Barnes & Noble, you can buy the book from Amazon, you can learn about all different types of sex that happens in all different types of orifices on your own time. While you're in school, you should be learning about math and physics and biology and forgetting about all of those things right. once you graduate. What was that last one? And you, math, physics, and biology, and then forgetting well, yeah, about well, that, that. Biology? Yeah, biology. But what I mean by biology is cells, <laughs> cells. The, the uh, <laughs> uh. But what I'm saying is nobody is talking about. So the, the false narrative is once again, applying, applying this book banning problem. No, it's not a problem. You're, you're having appropriate books in a essentially a workplace that involves children. There's nothing wrong with saying, hey, we don't want sexualized books to be in the classroom. Now, if you want to go do that on your own and spend that time with your family and friends and rub elbows and high five one another when you get to a good page outside of school, by all means, go do it. But Wallace, in school, you are in a workplace. Uh-uh, no. And when, is, when are we going to get back to the custodianship of society? When are the adults finally going to start taking control and saying, you know what, I need to set an example for myself? And for my community. And in my community, we're going to talk about work ethic or school ethic. And we're also going to talk about how good we are with particular subjects or skill sets that I know that my students will be able to flourish with when they're adults. Yeah. And I think having a rounded, uh, the, the flourish as an adult, you need a rounded knowledge base of what the world is. What, what are we walking into? And that is not just it. We're, we're not doing we're not teaching automatons where it's like you're going to learn just math and then you're going to learn reading and then you're going to go work in the factory. We're basically working with humans. And the more that we can show all of the dynamics of the world, the better it will be. And the problem with it, it, while the problem with not having the books in the school is that there are a lot of kids that a lot of the students that are coming in don't have access. They can't they're not able to just you know jaunt down to the Barnes and Noble. Either they don't have the funds or or they don't have the ability to do that. And sometimes there's not even a library that they can get to. So the school library and the school classroom is where they can get the where they can get books that will help them grow as people. And that's you know it's just silly to limit the the way that somebody can grow based on a, uh, a political narrative that's completely just made up. Uh, from basically the right wing or the left wing in like the Burbank, in like the L.A. case that we were talking about earlier. All right, gentlemen, we're going to take a quick break right here. When we come back, I want to get into uh, how homosexuality and the trans movement plays into this entire conversation a little bit more, because I feel like that's the one part where um, we kind of claim it's just about just about the content in the books. But the reality is. There is a part of being homosexual that there are parts that the conservatives 
are super afraid of having in books. And that's where you get into books like The Tango Makes Three, traditional family values, conservative. So I want to kind of come back into that and then get into everybody's favorite topic, the North Carolina abortion ban. Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) All right, everybody, we're going to take a quick break here. As always, go to AmericaOutloud.com. Visit our sponsors, Cofix Rx. It's a great product. It's a povidone iodine nasal spray. You use this product and it helps protect you from bacteria and viruses for up to eight hours. Go out with confidence. You can get yours right on the website at a discount. You're listening to America Emboldened with Greg Bolden on the America Out Loud Network. Be right back. It was Henry Wadsworth Longfellow that said, lives of great men all remind us we can make our lives sublime and departing, leave behind us footprints on the sands of time. America Out Loud Talk Radio, the liberty and justice for all. Whether you're an independent, a Democrat, or a Republican, one thing remains true. Airborne viruses love us equally. You've all heard Malcolm and the great Dr. Peter McCullough talk about the advanced nasal solution Cofix Rx. Cofix is made in the USA and recommended by thousands of doctors and pharmacists nationwide. Spray goodbye to colds and flus with a Cofix Rx nasal solution cleanse. That's cofixrx.com. Save 20% by using promo code OUTLOUD at cofixrx.com. The pandemic may be over for some, but millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-term effects of toxic spike protein from COVID-19 and the vaccines. Fortunately, Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at the wellness company designed their spike support formula with the miracle enzyme natokinase, scientifically studied to dissolve spike protein so you can feel your very best. Go to outloudcare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Welcome back, Bold Americans, second half of the show. We are having a great conversation between the great Chris Michaels and the awesome lefty layman. In this conversation, we were talking about should books be banned from schools and talking about the Florida laws. But one of the things that both you gentlemen seem to kind of glaze over, but I heard layman kind of mention it a couple of times, is when we get to talking about homosexuality, at what point should a young person be able to know about homosexuality? Because to me, it seems like conservatives at times become overly concerned about the fact that a, a man may love a man and a woman may love a woman. Uh, we get into that kind of religious right side of that is a disordered relationship. And the fact of the matter is there are gay people in the world, and I'm not going to run from the fact that there are gay people in the world, even if I have conservative leaning values, that is not a spot where I'm willing to go. How much of this argument that's going on in Florida is based upon homophobia? Uh, do, you, do you both acknowledge any of that, or do you think that that does not have a place in this? And I'm going to have Layman go first, since, uh, Michaels, you got to go first at the top of the show. I mean, yeah, I, I think that that's at the core of it. That's exact. That's all it's about, really. I mean, it's the same thing as the, you know, the don't say gay bill. It's, you know, the book banning. It's uh, appealing what DeSantis is doing and then the current like hardcore right wing is what they're doing is they're taking uh, issues that play well to their fringe base and they're lighting that world on fire, uh, even though it doesn't in the long run uh, benefit any, you know, benefit anyone except getting them elected. That's that's really what is drive that's the driving force in all this and you know i think that there are some true believers and you know in that whack philosophy but then i think a lot of them are just doing it because it's the you know it's the anger du jour if that makes sense yeah i just want to clarify too like so i don't call it a whack philosophy on the religious side and here here's the only reason why i go there i only say that because if you have faith and that is your faith i respect the facts that your faith and what you personally believe is so strong that that's where you're at. So I wouldn't go as far as be like, that's a whack philosophy. It's a philosophy that I inherently don't agree with. Um, But I also understand that like faith and religion, that's such a personal thing to people. So I just want to kind of clarify. But but I also want to say that, that there are a lot of faiths and religions that have zero issue with, with uh, homosexuality. 
Um, well, yeah, you so, go to the, so like the Episcopalian church, I, you're right. Yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah, I don't want to paint, you know, having faith and, and, and religion as that is somehow like always tied to being homophobic. It's not. It's that when I say whack philosophy, that is what I'm talking about. That component. You talk about like the countries where the religions kill people for being homosexual. Mm-hmm. Stuff like that. Okay. Yeah. Chris Michaels, go ahead. What say ye? <laughs> well, what exactly is going on in Florida that has everybody up in arms? Uh, I don't. So here's my thing about all this. There is no reason why anybody should be against the idea that someone's a lesbian or someone's gay or they decide to be in a same sex couple or maybe even how about this? A thruple. Let's go crazy on a Saturday. Right. There's the history. I, I, I like is, to think that we're in a thruple. Yeah, we are. We are. <laughs> Except we're all clothed. Here. We're, we're not going to end up in a sweaty pile somewhere. I know so, you guys. You guys were talking about getting naked the other week. I, I haven't been invited to that party. <laughs> <laughs> so. History is replete with everybody being gay. Go back to the Romans, right? Go back to all of the temples that were around in ancient Greece and ancient Rome and all of that. Nobody's against any of that. But what we are against is the idea that these people push this kind of ideology in schools, push this kind of ideology in movies, and they even put subliminal messaging throughout it all. I mean, did you see that one little cartoon of uh, the like the the Pride Parade or something like that? It almost looked like a South Park episode, but it wasn't. And they showed all these different animals. They, they were like anthropomorphic. They throw throw all these different animals up there, and they they try to um, be different versions of the LGBTQ movement. I mean, you had one little bear with scars on its chest. You had another bear with a maps flag on it, right? What are you doing? Like, you can't just teach people or allow people to be what they want. Like, let's go back to schools, for instance. There's nothing wrong with the teacher saying, okay, there are many types of couples in the world. Some of them are heterosexual. Some of them are gay. Some of them are lesbian. And this is what it's all about. Two women, two guys, guy and a girl. That's it. We're all having a fun time and we all go home. Right. So there's nothing wrong with that. But why is this agenda being mashed down our throats? That's what I don't get. Uh, well, I don't know if it's being mashed down. I guess I, I just look at it from a, a different perspective. And I, I'd be curious. Do you think that it seems like at the root of what you're saying is that you feel like somebody can be taught uh, to be gay is is what what this is kind of boiling down to is, is that what you're saying? Maybe I put in words in your mouth, but that's, that's what it sort of sounds like that if a kid reads a book, he can be taught or she can be taught uh, that they're, that they're gay. Is that. No, have- I'm not saying taught. I mean, because it's pretty obvious what everyone does with their organs or what they could do with it. Right. But influenced by it. So if you're a kid, you're malleable. So you don't know what the world is like. I, I Greg and I talked about this with North Carolina where you've got, or is it South Carolina? One of the Carolinas. They're, they're talking about transitioning three-year-olds and two-year-olds. You're telling me that that kid knows what gender it's going to be at three years old. The kid well, can't well. even tie their shoes. <laughs> so to say that there's no influence on that, you're not teaching the kid. But what you're doing is you're creating an environment where that's all the kid sees. So, yes, of course, the kid is going to be influenced in that. And by default, if you're influenced by it, you're going to be taught about it. Well, I mean, what do you say the same thing that, that we, you know, for the hetero society, like the heterosexuals, that that is being influenced? Like when you go out and you see, uh, you know, you know, a guy and a girl kissing or, or, or a husband and wife or, you know, walking around holding hands, that that is not pushing an agenda. Is that pushing an agenda? That's what I mean. It's well, it's how do you? Not, it's not nobody's pushing an agenda. It's just opening, like, hey, this is okay. If, if this is the way that that you you're built or you're wondering about this, that's that's okay because that, that's we we should be an open society that understands that kind of stuff. I mean, it's just like I, I guess I don't see I don't see what the the harm of it is. Okay, so let's let's take the Pride Parade for example, because having okay. grown up in New York City. Well, that is quite the event. <laughs> <So> <laughs> roller skates, fishnets, capes, the whole nine, right? Mm-hmm. So do we see a hetero parade 
where all sorts of men are going around saying, I love clam diving, and here's the woman I love doing it with, and we're going to walk around in vagina hats. And have you, have you, you know, yeah. so why, why hats? The St. Patrick's Day Parade? Well, I mean, I'll agree with you about that. Nobody yeah, likes the I, I mean, come on. Like, so. that's, like that, that's the same thing. You, you want an example. There's, there's just one. Um. No, but, the, but to have a national identity, to say, yes, I came over during the potato famine. Yes, I was part of the slave trade. And now look at us now. We're cops and we're still living in Yonkers with a lot of pizza joints <laughs> and keeping the alcohol industry alive. That's something different. Well, um, why is that different? <laughs> Why is that different? If, if you got if you got the, the you know uh, McSurley uh, puking in the corner, and what kind of value is that teaching my kids? You know what? I, the Irish. You're right, Chris Michaels. It's the Irish. Hey, hey, hey! No, now, you, you now, stop now, right there. Now, now, now we're, right there. we're getting down into it. I, I see what's happening. <laughs> you leave my homeland alone, there, layman. <laughs> well, what kind of, well, he's not wrong about the Irish. I mean, please tell me an Irish delicacy. You got Guinness. Potatoes, man. Or potatoes. you boil the hell out of anything until all the taste leaves. Mashed and potatoes. <laughs> mashed potatoes. Baked potatoes. <laughs> scalloped <Guinness>. potatoes. Shredded <laughs> potatoes. Come on, man. Leave, I like scalloped Leave potatoes. it alone. I like right. scalloped potatoes. So it, the quick yeah. point that I want to make before this, we end this, is why, why do we have to say it's okay for someone to, to be part of a pride parade and do what they do? Why can't we just have a pride parade that says, yes, we overcame the oppression of the 60s and 70s? Because you had a lot of brilliant people. Look at David Bowie. Look at all of those people. Freddie Mercury. All of these people that came out during the 60s and 70s and had real problems, especially during the 80s, where they were getting beat up and everything else. You don't have those problems today. And if you do, there's probably a specific reason why those problems are occurring, and you'd have to really look at those crime stats, which I'm not going to go into now. Yeah. So when I'm talking about a pride, a pride parade, why can't it just be people that dress up like normal that say, hey, this is what we do? We don't have a hetero parade that walks around in G-strings and nipple tassels and vagina hats and phallus, I don't know, ponies or whatever the hell. And what, why can't we just celebrate their history like we do the Irish on St. Patrick's Day? They march around. They've got the Freemasons, the cops, the firefighters, whatever else. <laughs> oh, my. I, I, I guess the only thing I would add to this as we move to the next topic is, you know, watching television right now, the cartoons that I see that are uh, going towards, you know, what my children watch. Uh, just recently, Transformers went into like actual Transformers trans agenda. And I was kind of surprised. I'm like, all right, this show, the way it's being drawn is definitely more for my like eight year old than it is for 16 year old or 18 year old or even 12 year old. Um, and I thought that that was interesting that the cartoon went there um, and seeing that, you know, there's a maps flag on on that cartoon, because I think that you sent me that Chris Michaels, it was upside down, but the colors match minor attracted persons. Uh, which if you're a minor attracted person, you're a piece of crap. And uh, I have a special place, you know, that I believe that you should be if you harm a minor. Uh, but that's a whole other conversation for another day. Um, so when I come, the way I, I land on all of this, uh, in case my listeners even care, is I go back to when I was in high school and the straight edge movement. You, they probably heard me talk about this before. I used to mark X's on my hands. I didn't drink, uh, didn't no. have premarital sex, and I listened to punk rock. And that was me. I listened to like, you know, hardcore music, some hip hop and punk rock. That was where I kind of was at. Um, and it was trendy. It was trendy to go to these concerts with everybody else. And I think that there is a level of influence on young people right now where we have created a trend uh, for people searching for their identity, people that are confused. And let's be honest, every high schooler is confused. Uh, that is pretty much the uh, identity of every single person in their teenage years. Let's get over to the abortion ban in North Carolina, because uh, the <laughs> depending on which side you talk to, it depends on the level of uh, outrage or cheering, or it doesn't go long enough. Just to set it up for listeners, if you're not aware that in North Carolina, there's a ban on abortions after 12 weeks of pre pregnancy that will go into effect on July 1st. Now, the governor, uh, Roy Cooper, he vetoed the legislation when it came out, but the Republican-led assembly... Uh, voted this week to override the veto to make it a law. So 
but people are saying is, oh my God, people got to drive the Virginia. Should they want to have abortions? But am I reading this wrong? It's you can have an abortion up to the first three months. It's after the first three months that you cannot have an abortion in North Carolina. So they did not make abortion in North Carolina or South Carolina, because I think it's also going there quickly soon. They did not make it illegal. They put a term limit on it. Um, reactions here from the left. Uh, what, what's going on? What are you seeing? Well, I, I think that this is the the next evolution of the insane Dobbs uh, decision. But what you know, it's a, how they're positioning it is exactly what you're saying. Is that oh, you know, it, it's just it's just limited. It, it, it's you know, cutting back on a couple of weeks. You know, it's not it's not a big deal. But what the bill also does um, is it gets rid of like uh, the med- medication abortion that ends at 10 weeks. So that's not, that's no longer available after 10 weeks now. So that's, and then there are other things within buried within the bill that make it really more restrictive. So what, what they're doing the, the new Avenue, since they got beat when just trying to shut the abortion down in the, you know, in most States, now they're saying some like common sense is. I think that's the way that they're they're positioning it. Common sense uh, abortion reform is what they're what they're trying to, to do. But it's not. What it, what it it's still the same thing. But just for the record, the reason I did not include the abortion pills is the FDA only approves that up to ten weeks. So there's nothing different than what the CDC FDA would approve based upon that medication. So yes. that's not that's not something that's like all of a sudden like oh Republicans they're following the actual FDA. No, um, but it also requires like three in-person visits that the, 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 the person would have to go now three times, three times. To, 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 imagine you had to go see your doctor three times before they, they they would give you a medication. What they're doing is creating hurdles upon hurdles because they don't they don't want abortion. If they could pass a national ban, they would. Um, and this is just like kind of the next the next step in that direction. That's my take. Chris Michaels. Okay, so wait a minute. So we have a problem with limiting abortions, uh, unfettered abortions, because let's be specific about this. We have a problem with limiting unfettered abortions by 12 weeks. Okay, everyone says we have to look at our European friends because they're more avant-garde and liberal. Do you know the longest time period you have to get an unfettered abortion in the EU is... 12 weeks. Do you want to know the majority of those? Actually, no, it's not true. It is actually 20 weeks. And that is an extreme case. And we're talking about Sweden. The rest of it is limited to about 14 weeks, depending upon which part of the EU you go to. So 14 weeks is the average length of time you can get an unfettered abortion in the EU. You're telling me after four, uh, three months, let's just say, You don't know whether or not you want to have a child. And by the way, this bill in North Carolina, it doesn't stop you from having an abortion in an emergency. You can still get an abortion if it is due to a medical complication, if it it involves a rape, if it involves incest, if it involves some kind of anomaly that the fetus is experiencing. So to say that this is an assault on women's rights, what what are you assaulting? You're still allowed to get an abortion during these extreme cases like rape and incest, which has always been the argument on the left. Oh, we, we have to have abortions until uh, the ninth month, just in case of rape and incest. You don't know if you want to have a kid. You don't know that you missed a period for three months straight that you're pregnant. It, it, it was an oops. And then so you also have the idea with Oh, they're limiting medications for abortions. You need 10 weeks to take the next, the morning after pill. (laughs) The morning after pills for the morning after. So this bill isn't limiting anything. And let's take it one step further. We once again have to revitalize the idea of being a custodian of society. Life is precious. You may not think it's precious, But the problem is, is that it really is precious because you are creating life. You're a progenitor for the species. To think that, oh, I'm just going to toss this away uh, because I don't feel like taking care of it. Well, then you're not a responsible adult. You want to drive. You want to fight for this country. You want to switch genders. 
It takes a lot of responsibility. How come you're not acting like a responsible adult and saying, I made a big mistake. And if I can't do this, then I've really got to got to take care of this within 12 weeks. Is it being a responsible adult saying that that you don't that you you realize what the situation is and that you the you know not bringing something in that's problematic that that, that is gonna is going to that you're not gonna be able to care for a child and and whose life matters the, this this group of cells or the actual woman's life how how many weeks do you need to decide that though. Well, most, you know, most times you don't even know if you are pregnant after that four weeks. So it takes, I mean, it, it, it takes five to six weeks, five, five to, six, to weeks. six weeks. Okay. So now, okay. So now, now you're cutting it down to six weeks. Yeah. So to basically six weeks, which is, uh, you know, a month and a half to make a, a decision and to, to figure out a, a huge decision. And you have to go through all these hurdles and that just doesn't feel like a, a fair that feels like we are not, uh, you know, we're valuing the idea of life and not the actual life of the woman. But the the, the woman isn't <laughs> the, the woman in this situation, in this fictitious scenario, isn't valuing life. She's not valuing her life by taking responsibility. Like, let's talk about this. Let's talk about this in another way. You're having sex. It is the night of the supposed conception. Why can't she say, hey, listen, sweetheart, I'm just going to take it on the chin. I don't want it where things could spark off. Like there's responsibility in that, too. Where is your responsibility for that? And then you get the oops situation. So you have, according to you, women don't know if they're pregnant five or six weeks in. So we have another six weeks to take care of it. Life comes at you fast sometimes, right? So you got to take responsibility for your actions. If you can't determine whether or not you want a kid in six weeks time, I don't know what to tell you. And if it's rape, incest, or some kind of anomaly also occurs in the womb, thanks to nanolipid particles, then the abortion is still available to you in North, or North Carolina. So what's, what's the issue? What's an appropriate amount of time? How about that? You want nine months? Yep. <laughs> Whoa. Wait, wait, wait. Layman, layman, layman. You would be okay with abortion at nine months? If the only time that the late term, you know, that's what they like to call it. The late term abortion usually happens that that far out is if there's a severe complication. So, yes. Right. If that that bill, that bill allows that. Then then I would say nine, nine months is is fine. The bill allows that. uh, Yeah. The bill allows that. Right. Right. So, yeah. To save save the mother's life that allows that that's allowed. But I I just want to. But let's say let's say let's say it's hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me just clarify. Let's say it's not to save the mother's life. You get to eight and a half months and the mother's like, I don't want this baby anymore. Should she have the ability to make that decision for herself? Yes. Oh, my God. Wow. Like I, I at, at that point, Lehman, like you've l- earned the lefty part of the lefty. <laughs> on that. <laughs> I mean, the, 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 the baby is viable, like at eight and a half months. My, my daughter was born at eight months. Right. So. You're literally killing something that can easily live outside the womb with no extra help at the hospital whatsoever. Um, that to me is morally, ethically, horribly wrong. Um, unless the mother's life is immediately in danger, I that's I can't join you on that cruise to that destination whatsoever. Yeah. Um, but let's just make sure it's not just me. I, I think it's morally, ethically wrong to tell women what they can, can and can't do with their bodies. I think I, that is, is I think it's part of a, bonkers. I think it's part of a biological choice at that point in time of something that they've decided to do, because at that point, if we're made it to eight months, there wasn't rape, there wasn't incest likely in any of those cases uh, that that decision is getting made psychologically a long time before then. That is just to me sick. Um, I can't go with you on that. Um, that's, that's pretty shocking. Michael's I'm not, um, I'm not subscribing to Moloch's family planning. I mean, get out of here. We're going to have a little pentagram above the door when we walk in like <laughs> <laughs> a nice pyre <laughs> in the back. <laughs> Michael's, are you okay with abortion at eight months? Me? No, yeah, I already know the not. answer, but but what's of your reaction not. to that? I mean, like that is this is the thing that I, like, look, I love the fact we're having 
great conversation. Like this, this episode's going better than I could have ever have hoped today. Like I, I think that it's been engaging. It's been awesome between a left-leaning thought process, a right-leaning thought process, but then just bringing some common sense and figuring out that we can have this conversation. But this is exactly the part that polarizes, right? When you have somebody that's so far on this side, it would be like if 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 I came onto the show and I said, abortion's wrong completely. There should never be an opportunity for it ever. I would say that that's just as wrong as me saying the eight months, right? I can understand where abortion to save a mother's life. I can understand these circumstances that are there. Um, but I feel like there's the extremes on both sides. And we just heard one of the extremes. Meanwhile, I feel like this is a common sense approach of North Carolina. Am I, am I rolling in, in seeing it that way? In my opinion? No. I mean, all right. If you want to argue anything, then let's move 12 weeks to 14 weeks, assuming that we don't know if we're pregnant within six weeks. So now you've got eight weeks to determine whether or not you've got two full months to determine whether or not you want this child. And I'm sorry to tell people, but you have to grow up. You Life comes at you fast. You have to make decisions sometimes, right? There are going to be times in your life that maybe you are pregnant and you have to make that choice to have an abortion at that eighth or ninth month because there is going to be a severe health complication, either for the mother or for the child that's not yet born. That's a lot of burden to take out on that mother and that family. And that mother will probably never be the same. I know, I know when I was in, when I was in my gilded youth in my 20s, there was a girl that my girlfriend at the time was best friends with. And her form of contraception was abortions. She would never tell it, but she turned it turned into a drinking problem. And there were a few times where she would tell my girlfriend at the time that, you know, I, I'm practically suicidal for doing this because I feel as though something has been ripped out of me. So that's that's another thing that we see here is that there's there's a mental health angle to this that is not being accounted for. So maybe forcing somebody to make that decision at 12 weeks or 14 weeks is going to be better overall, right? You're not going to have as much of a mental health problem uh, if you actually went through it all the way to nine and, months. Yeah, and the discussion that we're having right now is essentially that was what happened in Roe. They said, you know, what is the appropriate amount of time? You know, it's not never, um, and it's not, uh, you know, nine months. All right. So, you know, so, but somebody has to be on that side. So they went to viability, which is exactly what Chris is saying. And they went to that, that viability mo uh, model. Now Dobbs has thrown that out the window and like Texas, it, it, it is hard. There are people that, um, are getting to the point where they, they have some kind of medical problem. Uh, and the doctor doesn't know, well, I don't want to go to jail. I don't want a bounty on me. And he has to, like, he or she has to, the doctor has to call and figure out, is this allowable? Like, can I do this? That's crazy policy. So I, what I'm saying is, Greg, just like you said, there's somebody on the far right, there's somebody in the, the far left, and we can figure out something that's not as restrictive as this North Carolina ban. I mean, Chris already just gave me another month. He gave me a, a, a whole. He gave me two weeks. Two, two weeks. weeks. Two weeks. Two weeks. He gave me two more weeks. Did you hear that? I'll take it. You give us days. I'll take it. I'll take it for something that none of these fine gentlemen <laughs> talking right now will ever have to deal with. Um, but, well, that's also because I'm married at this no, point. No, men life. can get pregnant. Men you can get pregnant. True. That is true. That is true. Chris. Yeah, Layman. Look, um, look, look. You're you're violating your own uh, <laughs> argument here. Yeah, that is true. Um, but I think, but that, but I, I guess. What I don't like about the, the bill is the well, I don't like about any of these bills is what they're doing is it, it's sort of like this backdoor way of moving towards a national ban. And what that does is make it harder for for women. And it's just like Chris said, this is a bad like This is not like some easy decision where it's just like, do, 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 do. I'm just going to go get an abortion today. It, it it can be traumatic. It can be. And adding all of these other you know hurdles and uh, stigmatism to, uh, you know, to what is, you know, what is a very hard decision to begin with is not, not right. It's not right for 50% of our population to have to go through that. Well, I, uh, yeah, this has been awesome. It's been a great conversation going back and forth. I, I would disagree that, that there's this 
want to completely ban it based upon this bill. Uh, and I, I would go back to the CNN town hall with Donald Trump uh, just a few weeks ago, where he even said, now it's time for negotiations about how many weeks do you have? Donald Trump didn't say on that stage, I want to ban abortion completely. He said, no, now we can actually have negotiations for like, what are the amount of weeks? And I think that that's where this North Carolina case uh, is going to come in the play. I think that if Trump sees another presidency, uh, he's going to use something like North Carolina, South Carolina, and use that as part of his uh, talking points. Uh, but we can't get into Trump today because we are at the end of our time. <laughs> so with that all stated, uh, what do you guys think about this today? I thought this was great for the listeners of American Bolden. Chris Michaels, you have a good time? I had a great time. I can't wait to do it again. I want to gird my loins for the next show. Let's talk about Trump. Let's talk about the Ukraine. Let's talk about Hunter's laptop that doesn't exist. Let's talk about it all. Oh boy, <laughs> I love it. I mean, and hey, guys, we have a presidential election coming up. Oh boy, <laughs> do we have to? <laughs> what? What fun? No, no, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. What a blast it's been. I want to say a special thank you, Lefty Lehman, Chris Michaels. I appreciate you both. Thanks for coming on. Uh, As always, you can also follow them uh, online. Uh, Lehman, what's what's your uh, Twitter handle again? I have the sad, lonely uh, Lefty Lehman uh, Twitter. I'm on your uh, I'm on the tweet box with you, but nobody ever nobody ever talks to Lehman. Yeah. So Adam, if you, if you want to tell him he's a dunce or you want to tell him that you love him and you know, you'd like to have his child and then abort it, uh, just, uh, just oh. let him know. We'll, we'll make that happen. And as always ending dark, we're ending real dark. Right? <laughs> oh. Just keep keeping it consistent with what I heard. Don't worry. They'll wait till nine months to do it. All right. <laughs> and we have, uh, everybody's lovable fuzzball, uh, from fuzzball nation here, Chris Michaels from the last call caravan at last call caravan. You can follow along on Twitter and hear a show on all your favorite uh, platforms last call with chris michaels so make sure that you check that out as always you guys are a staple of this family here as bold americans and i'm glad that you were here with me today everybody that's been it and that's all we hope we honored your time well hope you enjoyed the conversation we'll bring both of them back on to do this all again here really soon because this was just too much of a blast not to you've all been listening to america emboldened with greg bolden on the america out loud network be bold america